Hey guys, it's Brand here. Today, Ken and I sit down with new friends of the show, Tarkisha Wallace. In today's episode, we discuss pain, purpose, and Tarkisha's new book, Little Girl Arise. So sit back, relax, and let's get to the show. Hey girl, hey. Hey girl, hey. How are you today, Ken? I'm fabulous. How are you? I'm excited. Good. Good. So let's jump right into it. We have... We super jumping into it. Oh, okay. So... I don't think my good came all the way out. Oh, okay. you're like... Well, let's good, good. That's it. Uh, coming off Thanksgiving break. Okay. Did you eat too much? Did you enjoy it? I didn't. I did not eat too much. I'm very proud of myself. Me too. And I worked out. I did too. The more... Good. I did like a 30 minute something. It probably really didn't do nothing. But I went... <laughs> But you didn't overeat, so that's important. I did not overeat. I had two plates, but they were small. Okay. The plate was small. The portions were small. Okay. Because I had to taste everything. But com- compared to years before, <laughs> I've been delivered. Wait. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay. I was yours. It was great. It was amazing. It was awesome. It was the first day I actually, like, turned off. I didn't do anything. I did go by my grandparents, like, really late. Really, really late. Like mm-hmm. everybody was gone. Did um, you even eat at all? I did. Oh, I did okay. eat. <laughs> but uh, I worked out. I rested. Like it was amazing just to sit on the couch. Hmm. Uh, I picked up Michelle Obama's book, Becoming. All right. I, shout out, First Lady. I read our book. I finished off our book that we'll discuss today. Okay. Yay. And of course, I got like eighty other books <laughs> that right. I'm reading, but. I just dibble, you know, how the millionaires do. They read a couple of things, paraphrase. Right. They read like down. 10 pages right. and swear, I've read 25 <laughs> books this year. All right. Like, you didn't. Don't really. judge me, but I did. Like, okay. my bookshelf says it. <laughs> or maybe it doesn't. You bought 25 books this year <laughs> right. and you kind of sort of read them? Right. All right. So. Cool. Okay. Now, let's get straight to it. All right, girl. So today we have Tarkisha Wallace here. Hey. Hi. How, how are, are you? you? I'm good. Thank you. Good. Yeah. So, Tarkisha, we are here to discuss this amazing Little Girl Arise book that you have so eloquently put together. And just uh, tell us about yourself. Okay. Um, Like I said, I'm Tarkisha. I am a licensed professional counselor. So, by day, I work with um, families and individuals who have mental health issues, um, behavioral health issues. Um, And more than working in an individual counseling setting, I oversee um, an agency of mental health providers. So I do do a lot of training, leadership, supervision for people preparing them to work with our community, our families, those that we service. Goodness, girls, a lot. And with the mental health, health, uh, just community with Bammers General, Mid City that closed down. Is is there a lot of like places that people can receive those kind of services on this side of Baton Rouge, basically? There are still a lot of services intact the um, that are um, outpatient. Inpatient okay. is where there's a there there's a higher need um, okay. as far as locations and facilities. People have to leave Baton Rouge. 
But in, I'm sorry, outpatient services or where you can go into an actual office to re receive outpatient services or even have a counselor come to your home, those um, services are still plentiful. Okay. Um, it's our inpatient facilities that we're lacking now. Okay. And the reason I brought that question up is because that's where Kendall and I met at Barron's General and Miss City was... Hospital life. Right. <laughs> scary life. Right. Lord, <laughs> no struggle life. life. Right. right. Struggle life. I don't think I would ever want to do inpatient hospitalization. Oh, Lord. But yeah, they saw a lot of those patients and it was just like really just heart felt like a lot of those people were, would be like you said it was a lot of resources for um outpatients because they would refer people out but people mm -hmm. that really needed to be in a facility mm -hmm. it was like a lot of those people didn't have places to go yeah yeah it, it's pretty sad now the thing is if they are um if they have resources sometimes it you, you'll find something that's more available to them that's yeah. local but when they lack the resources, the things that they need right here at home, it's hard to find. You usually have to send them off, or they find a very good um, person who will do who will provide outpatient services. And as long as I know some of us steer away from it, but as long as they're properly medicated and they have those good reinforced services that will come out and see them, you know, meet them where they are. A lot of times we can see success with those um, individuals. Well, that's promising. That makes my heart feel good during the <laughs> holiday season. Yeah. So shout out to everybody working in mental health. Yes. yes. It's so important. Yes. Um, I think we, we get it nowadays. Before it was kind of like one of those like secret things in the back room. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like we mm -hmm. knew like, ooh, but you know, like nobody was really like, hey, mental Talking health. It, right. Yeah. Yeah. So now, especially in minority communities, uh, it's it's becoming more acceptable. Right. Yeah. Uh, because before it was just like Don't girl pray, yeah. girl right. Not pray now. Yes. Like, I, I advocate for prayer. Yes. Right. But it was always just like you need to see somebody mm -hmm. for what. Yes. You know, and there's such a better um, understanding mm -hmm. of why it's important. So. I don't think it's full understanding because yeah. a lot of us have that stigma of if you talk to somebody, something's wrong mm -hmm. or. Of, of that but like it's it's coming i think it's getting there mm -hmm. and i think i'm so excited that you know people are opening up and able to and that's just a spirit of pride i don't know if yes. that's the real us the real spirit that we learned about today right i don't know if it's <laughs> called the spirit of pride but it falls under pride whatever so not to say that a person even trying to be prideful but i yeah. think just how we grow up like yeah, yeah. I can't say this because if I do, you're going to think I'm psycho. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think it's, it's really a lack of knowledge. You know, we yeah, say absolutely. it because we don't understand. You know, we want to keep our secrets amongst, you know, the family mm -hmm. or, you know, amongst our small circle. We don't want our secrets out because we're afraid of what people may think. So, you know, it's pride, but it's also... You know, lack of knowledge and fear. Like, are people still going to accept me? You know, I am, mm -hmm. you know, you see me this way out in the community or, you know, in my career and whatever I'm doing. But then if I expose to you that I'm hurting, if I'm exposed to you that something is wrong with me, are you still going to accept me? Are you still going to respect me in whatever manner, you know, right. that you met mm -hmm. me in? My pastor, he used to say that, um, you know, people always say, um, you know, pray for your healing, pray for healing, yeah. but take that medicine 
until yeah. you get your healing. You know, don't just say, I'm going to mm-hmm. put this. Med-. And I'm talking about, you know, because, of course, we are so okay. We're talking about medical illnesses. So take your medicine until God heals high blood pressure. Take your medicine until God heals, you know, diabetes. Yeah. Well, go and talk to somebody. <laughs> or until you get your mind right enough to get self-disciplined That's for those it. things. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah. you know. Come on now. Some of that is us. Yeah. Some of that is us. Some of it, Certainly. A lot Certainly. of it is us. And a lot <laughs> yeah. of it could be... Uh, genetics like you know, right right you, just, it's you never know but you gotta take care of yourself yeah you have to you have whatever to. that means i was listening to a podcast from a holistic doctor uh natural mm-hmm. well they're not naturopath naturopath i don't know what the correct <laughs> they doc they are doctors of osteopathic medicine okay girl like thank yeah. you okay look at here somebody who was gonna be the doctor right. in the house get me together y'all know what i was trying to say yeah. the point is they even said sometimes medicine helps you know mm-hmm. uh in, in some occasions mm-hmm. so we shouldn't be afraid of it now i need to currently be on some medicine but i'm not doing it yeah because you know why you gotta practice what you preach well no well first of all i'm not even a high believer in medication okay but i think in my particular instance i gotta get my life you oh. know what i mean okay so it's mean? a self-discipline mm-hmm. issue okay and then like first of all on the tv screen girl they have a recall or whatever for <laughs> I just saw this up there. I used to take it. I was like, Lord Jesus. <laughs> if you the one number. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, wait. So for me, it's just more about I don't want to put that in my body. Yeah. But that starts with like me maybe not putting other stuff in my body, mm-hmm. you know, that I need to not be putting in there. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's a whole other story. But the point is, if you need it, if you need it, take you it. need it. You yeah. know? Yeah. And I, I used to not be able to believe I'm like, oh no, they can learn these skills, especially when, and I'm speaking like on a mental health end. Yeah. They can learn these skills and they can you know but a lot of times our parents when when i'm working with kids our parents don't reinforce what they're learning mm-hmm. so if the environment doesn't Speak change and the, the parents does if they don't carry out what you know a therapist is working with their child just like in school if a parent doesn't reinforce it at home then the kid is not going to learn it. if that environment does not change the kids change is not going to be sustainable yeah so i used to not be a believer in this medication and we i had a family member that started their kids on some medication and their kids did well well they didn't like the stigma attached to their kids being on medication and so they stopped the medication wow and so then the child suffered yeah right. Which brings uh, up a, another point that we don't even have time to get into today, <laughs> but y'all know how I feel about the children. Lord. When I started school counseling, mm-hmm. you know, my first year I was just like, okay, so you can, like uh, I heard somebody say, you could throw a cat and hit a child that has ADHD, right? Just mm-hmm. anybody. <laughs> and everybody's like on medicine and everybody has these counselors. And I was just like, okay, we're, they're getting help. But the more I stuck around and the more I got to learn the families i was like wait a minute these resources yeah i mean put into the wrong situation Mm -hmm. a lot of times it's the parents the parents most of the time yeah but we're putting this stigma on the kids and i get it like you know and some some kids are extreme cases where it's just Mm -hmm. like okay we don't know where you came from like we're gonna have to get you some help but a lot of times it's just like we're only doing what we need to do so they can function Mm -hmm. in society Mm -hmm. But the parents don't back that up. Right, right. And see, yeah. it's about holding the parents accountable because in our, you know, in my work, we do require the parents to participate. Okay. But they're yeah. always like, oh, it's, my kid is the problem. My kid is the problem. Oh, I don't, oh, oh, no, no, you don't need to see me. You don't need to talk to me. My kid, oh, just go see my kid. Oh, don't come to the house. Go to the school and see my kid. Oh, you don't have to come here. So 
when you you know you're putting you're putting a wealth of resources right in their lap they're like no just go fix my kid but they're i think they're the ones who need yeah to have it obviously like the funds are allocated for the kids so people do what they have to do but i would just you know maybe that would be like the first thing i advocate for when, when i switch careers um <laughs> Well, the, the service, well, the, the service they does the involve the the parent, but they don't they have need. to accept it. See, they need, That's see, the thing. Some laws so a lot of times, in, depending on how they were, were referred to a provider, if they say, oh, no, don't work with my kid, you can't make them. But there mm-hmm. is, in each service, there is a... Um, like a piece that involves their... The parents involves the family, involves yeah. whatever... Um, primary supports are in place that's going to reinforce because I tell people when I go in because I, I usually assess do first-time assessments at um, my job I tell them we're working ourselves out of a job we're not yeah. gonna be here forever we want to yeah, yeah we want to empower you guys get you guys to learn these skills I tell kids all the time don't respect me respect your parents if mm-hmm. you're gonna respect anybody in this room you're gonna mm-hmm. pick and choose choose your parents because I'm not don't. gonna be here <laughs> they and they them. usually don't right. and that's because they know there's a certain level of respect expected with me and that mm-hmm. I'm gonna tolerate it not tolerate whereas their family because it's been a consistent issue with them that they're like oh you tell me that when you leave I'll go back to being normal while yeah. you're here I'll respect them but I think really. people will be surprised of like the, they assume that Oh, the kids come to school and cut up. No, they don't. Right. Those kids, right? Home, because they tearing it down. Yeah. Disrespect to parents yes. left and right. Yes. And they come to school and he's just like, "Oh, little Johnny would mm-hmm. never." And the mom was mm-hmm. like, "Who?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, sorry, yeah. man. And there's so many reasons for yeah, that. Yeah, it's too. a lot. It's so deep yeah. and it's a yeah. lot of layers to that. But I, I definitely think the parents are like the number one resource in that so thank goodness mm-hmm. there are resources to help yeah. the kids yes so that they can start helping themselves and especially once they get of age right um they can start to say oh like i can separate myself from my family yeah you know situation so that was amazing and <laughs> that was, awesome. it had nothing to do with really what we're here to talk about <laughs> all right but it, it's important it's yes. an important <laughs> part of uh why we're here because that is a part of tarkisha yes uh so tarkisha tell us about just give us a glimpse of what led you to this journey to write this book okay so um Last year, it was actually December 3rd, I was in church and our bishop was visiting. And he came from Mark 5 and he was reading, you know, he read the passages of scripture. And when he got to the end, three words from those scriptures stood out. You know, it was seven words in the scripture, but three words like just kept resonating in my spirit. And I am one, I guess around September of last year, I started forgetting a lot because work took a different turn and I got really busy. So I emailed myself immediately while sitting in service. I emailed myself the mm-hmm. words or whatever. And so I just kind of said and I played with them. And I, when I email myself, I won't open it until I'm ready to work on it or dress it or whatever. So like this email with Little Girl Arise was just sitting, you know, just with the subject in my email um, as unread. And I just was like, okay, one day I'm going to do something with this. Mm-hmm. But eventually I kept, you know, God kept prompting me that I should write. Now... I'm not a reader, definitely not a writer, but I'm really not a reader. So I'm like, this just doesn't make sense. How am I going to write a book, you know, if I don't really read them? And Mm -hmm. I am very 
when I do read, it's self-help or spiritual inspirational books. Yeah. But I pick and choose what I read out of. So I'm like, I'll start reading the full book, and then I'm like, okay, let me just skip to this chapter. Like, oh. I'll go in. Oh, so she's like me, huh? Yeah. I'll go and look at the name yeah. of the chapter. I'm like, okay, yeah, that probably applies. I like to do that. I like look. to skip to the end. Yeah. You know, I want to know oh, what it's about. I want to see, yeah, yeah I want to see what is this, you know. About. Yeah. And especially, like, when it's big name people, of course, you probably already know their story from listening listening to them on TV or, you know, seeing things about them on social media. But when it's people that you don't really know, it's like, okay, how much of their book am I going to have to read, right? Right. So as a counselor, I thought that I would do like a series of workshops. I thought I would do a lot of stuff with women's ministries, you know, um, because at the time I was on the serving on the women's ministry at my church. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this with them. Like I had it all mapped out and I was about to tell people about the project and God told me to shut up. Mm. Like, literally, he was just like, shut up. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, God, then I, I usually don't listen, but I'm like, okay, you you have proven to know best, so I'm going to shut up. You know what? Thank God for yes. deliverance. Girl. You know, I'm telling thank you for <laughs> obedience. Okay. Because, you know, a lot of times we've given away things that he's given us prematurely. Right. We've given it out, or we've given away to somebody who goes and pick it up mm-hmm. and do whatever their vision yes. becomes with yeah. it. Or as soon as they hear you say it, they start it becomes praying their idea. against it. Yeah, that yeah. too. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, I, I'm not, that's not one of my number one things, because I'm always like, I know who's praying for me. Like, mm-hmm. my mom yeah. is big on, hush, because you, people be praying against you. I don't I don't care. It really <laughs> doesn't matter. I, yes, it really doesn't right. matter. But if God tells you to be quiet yeah, but now, not quiet yes. consequence. so that's a difference yeah, so yeah. I had never heard him tell me shut up like that before <laughs> right. like shut up so much like not even tell your mama shut up because oh, right wow. now I just need to deal with it. because my mom is my go to person so when yeah. I need covering when I need you know that encouragement when I need some um, sound mindness I go to my mom so yeah. you know I was about to well I was going to text her I was texting her, telling her, like, cover me. I'm about to start this process. I said, and God told me not to tell anybody, not even you. You know, mm-hmm. I said, so just cover me. You know, I was like, it's it's nothing. Because as a counselor, whenever I go through processing things, people immediately think, oh, goodness, what's wrong? You know? Yeah. I'm like, nothing is wrong. You know, I'm just, and I, and I specifically only told my mom at that time because I knew that, you know, spiritually, she's sound. So yeah, she yeah. wasn't going to immediately jump to like, oh, my goodness. Now, she's my mama, so she want to know, oh, of course. Yeah. But she's like, you know, okay, I'm going to cover you. And so um, February 15th at 4 in the morning, God deals with me in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Because I won't give him time during the day. I'm always like, oh, I need to go and do this. I need to do that. My day is filled with all these other things. So he's like, okay, well, then I know no one's going to be calling you at 3 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Just get on up and give me my time now. So wakey, wakey. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I don't care that you're going to be sleeping. I'll give you a little energy through the day to make you right. make it. So um, February 15th, God woke me. Well, I thought I just woke up to go to the potty. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I go to the bathroom, and then I'm like, all right, God, I'm about to go back to sleep. I can't go to sleep. So I looked at my phone, and my mom had texted me. And I looked at my text, and I uh, responded to her, and she immediately responded back. And she was like, pray for Kelly. So I was like, okay, my little sister was taking her nursing licensing exam that morning. So I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, God, that's why you have me up. You want me to cover Kelly and make sure she does well this mm-hmm. morning. So I pray for Kelly, and I think I'm going to fall asleep while praying, because that's what we do when we lay down in the dark and we're sleeping <laughs> right. and we're praying. Right. 
didn't fall asleep. So I'm like, God, okay, I have two meetings in the morning. Like, what's up with this? Like, why do you have me up? I'm not going to be, you know, my best self for them right. in the morning. Like, Here goes the self-help book. Okay. Yes. You figure it out. <laughs> and I'm like, Lord, like, come on. I'm just tired. And so God told me you need to get this part out. And so I remember taking out my phone because I was too lazy to get up and get my MacBook. And I just started typing on my phone. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly kind of what I'm telling y'all up until, you know, this point. But then sharing some of what I got from Little Girl Arise. And so I've refined it a little bit more than it was at 4 o'clock in the morning. But Little Girl Arise really came to me for people who think they're defeated. Mm-hmm. For people who think that, you know, life has stumped me down and, you know, it really doesn't matter if I keep going. Or what I have in me left after being stumped, after mm-hmm. being used, after being hurt, it really doesn't amount to much. So, you know, like, God, you can just take the little of me that's left in me, give it to somebody else, and mm-hmm. I'll just exist. Yeah. So Little Girl Arise came about because God wanted, I feel like, to use some situations I had in my life to put it, you know, out there to show people, like, this little girl who y'all see running around, who I have, you know, excelling career-wise, that she's been through some stuff. Mm -hmm. And she didn't just, it wasn't served to her on a silver platter. Mm -hmm. It wasn't given to her. She's worked her butt off, you know, and she has paid a sacrificial offering, you know, that she didn't choose. Mm -hmm. You know, I kind of just, I guess, not willingly, but I just aligned eventually. Yeah. Eventually it became willingly, but God kind of forced me into alignment because he knew, look, right. I can use you, and whether you God know it or not. And right. thank God he will. Thank yeah. God he did not say, Keisha fights me too much. Right. You know, she just, she gives me too much. She is a crybaby, you know? <laughs> like, God, there I could have been like, man, I've never seen this many tears, you know? Right. And he, you know, I feel like he took what was in me to show somebody else that if she can get up, right. surely, you know, surely you who won't cry for anything can get up. You know, right. you're just angry about it all, you know, or you just fuss about it all. Like, surely I can turn whatever is going around in their lives, you know, once they see what I did in your lives. Mm-hmm. So then came Little Girl Rice. Now, I did not know. It still took me after February. I didn't start writing until June mm-hmm. when one of my sorrows, she, and God, like, God just works things. He is very strategic. I, I knew it before this, but he really showed me throughout this process, I um, was, so I just put, I wrote that February 15th. I never picked up an ink pen, a pen, a pencil, and I I emailed it to myself, and that was it. Never told anyone. And uh, one of the um, Nusaras, she wrote on Facebook, do you have a book you want to get out of you this summer? And I was like, hmm. Yeah, I said, you know how on Facebook they put following on those topics that you want to, you know, Yeah, you're like, I'm just here. Yeah, I'm just getting that. Yeah. Yeah. And so she sent me a message like, hey, send me your email address. And so she sent me information about a consultation um, for a writing program that she has. So I'm like, oh, I'm really about to do this. Huh? <laughs> you <laughs> so, just fell into yeah, it. Yeah, right. like, well, okay. Yeah, so I read it. So a week later, I did the call with her, the um, consultation call, which was free, where she gave me the prices and stuff. And I was just like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be doing this. Right. <laughs> but before I got off that phone, I said to her, I said, you know, my um, coach, her name is Lorna. I said, Lorna, I just told God that I'm just going to get a ghostwriter. I was watching um, Real Housewives of Potomac and uh-huh. Giselle Bryant. 
is on there and she said that she was she was writing a book and she had a ghostwriter right um working with her mm-hmm. i said oh god that's what i'm doing i don't have time to write a book i'm just gonna get a ghostwriter i have time but i want to watch tv i want to play with my dog <laughs> right. i want to sleep you know right. i don't want to write anything <laughs> you know um and so i told her i said you know i told god i'm just gonna get a ghostwriter to write this book and you know i'm gonna give him my ideas it'll still be my book mm-hmm. and she says to me and you'll relate kendall she said do you know my line name is Ghostwriter? <laughs> First of all, I would have passed out. <laughs> I was in my office, okay, at work doing my one hour cup. I said, girl, what? Right. Like, what am I? You gotta be. I said, uh-uh, God, you too much. I'm like, God, clearly you didn't understand what right. I meant. You pray I want for a it. ghostwriter <laughs> that's gonna write this book. She's like, no, I'm not gonna do that. Right. I'm not gonna do that. God is like, uh, you're going to do the work. Yes. <laughs> but confirmation that this is that who it this is. This is where I'm, like, when That's I crazy. told my yes. mom. So, finally, maybe about three weeks into writing, I finally told my mom. Mm-hmm. And when I told her, like, I'm always waiting. Like, she is my confirmation that God gave me confirmation for me, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> and so, when I told her, she was just like, <gasps> like, she took me, but she said, that's when you know God is in it. That's when you know God is in it. Because he clearly took what... Now, the thing is, I didn't know Lorna prior to their process. And I didn't know her, know her until I saw her thing. Of, I don't even know how I became Facebook friends with her. Probably because she just, you know, came through my chapter. But... um I didn't know her to ever ask her her line name. Mm-hmm. When you're on grad chapter level, like you, the people that you know know, that's who you're going to mm-hmm. ask. Oh, well, what was your line name? You don't worry about Maybe I shouldn't say that. But, you know, I went to the people that I knew. So right. that it's just I know the stuff I like that is not even yeah. like very important. Right, at yeah, at that yeah. point, you yeah. know. So, um, so when she said that, I'm just like, wow. God. Like, <laughs> if you didn't know me, like, you'll probably be like, Tarkisha made up. No, no. It, I'm like, Lord, like, man, I need to be really specific. Right. I, right. I, was right I should have said, and I you actually know, meant like, I want like you know, the write. one that writes. Right. And, and what is crazy, since then, I've met an actual ghostwriter mm-hmm. who is very reasonable. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, God, I could have met her first. Right. <laughs> you know, so um, it, it was just that confirmation that Keisha, I want to use you in this. Yeah. You know, and this is where I have you right now. I mean, because it was some resistant. Not resistance on my part. I wanted to get it done, but the enemy fought mm. so bad for me not to. Like he made he made this work. Mm. He and I when I when I say work, like on top of work, and when you work in the mental health field, it's demanding. The mental health field is demanding. Yeah. Um, as women, we do shy away from dealing with pain mm-hmm. and stress and all those things that you just spoke about. What help you embrace and share? those uh the the stories that you wrote about well <laughs> i was never i didn't think i would get it it is an emotional yeah. process it's an emotional thing uh what i share in the book is very sensitive and very close to me but i'm healed from it okay but I think the emotions sometimes come in knowing that God, you really did. Like this whole past month has really been like, God, you really used it. Yeah. God, you really used it. You really turned it around for my good, for my, you know, you use it. My child's life wasn't in vain. My pain, mm-hmm. my suffering, my hurt, my sacrifice, it wasn't in vain. You know, so really looking at 
everything I faced and realizing, finally having that God, why not me moment. Yeah. You know, for 13 years, or not so much 13, but nine years for sure, it was God, why me? Yeah. Like now I have people calling me saying, I'm asking God why Keisha. Why did you to put Keisha through that? You know, I'm like, that's not the point of the book. That's not the point. You know, but it's it it's to help people realize that we all have to go through something. Yeah. You know. Now the magnitude of what I went through, my prayer truly is that people don't have to face that. Yeah. You know. I, I even now today I see myself holding my son mm-hmm. for the last time. You know, like a couple of days ago I saw him in his little because what he had, what he wore for the funeral was his, actually supposed to be his christening outfit. Okay. You know, so I saw him in that, and so you know I'm always like God, no person. And I was young, I was mm-hmm. 23. You know, I'm like God, no person should ever have to experience this. Nobody should ever have to do that. So. Knowing that you can still come out all right. right. Because I'm like, God, I think I still made it okay. I don't have everything that I asked you for. Yeah. But my goodness, your plan outweighed mine any day. Right. Like, any, any. I, I tell people all the time, I, the guy I had my baby with, he was great. He was a fun person, but that's all he was. It was fun. <laughs> Substance, I would have lacked. Yeah. You know, or I tell people all the time, I don't know, maybe I'll be in jail. Maybe I'll be mixed up in a life that I had, a, would have had a hard time getting out of, you know. Right. So, God, for whatever reason, whatever lessons you put me through this, now if you want me to document it so that I can help somebody else, okay, you made it worth it. Yes. So, just to back it up a little bit, because mm-hmm. uh, you kind of mentioned just now, like, really where the inspiration for the book came from. Mm-hmm. But can we go a little bit more into that, just so... Um, the listeners can have a better understanding because sure. uh, I know you told us that you were inspired by a, a pastor who came and was reading Mark five mm-hmm. and uh, but the story behind that yes. is what okay so the whole Mark five thing let me just kind of tie that together when um, Jesus was going to Jairus's house someone came and they stopped him and told him well don't worry about going she's she's dead there's no mm-hmm. reason to go like going about your business healing mm-hmm. everybody else doing whatever you were gonna do Jesus no no need to waste your time over there mm-hmm. you know she's dead and Jesus said to them you know when he got there she's not dead she's sleeping so in spite of what everybody else told Jesus to go and do you know Jesus yeah. had a mind of his own mm-hmm. he's like right. I'm gonna go anyway you right. know and he said to her, you know, well, he said, she's not sleeping, mm-hmm. you know, little girl, arise. And so for me, it was that purpose isn't dead right. in us. It's sleeping. Mm-hmm. We've abandoned it. We've aborted it. We've pushed it to the side, arise, you know. So back in 2005, I got pregnant. And, you know, it wasn't the right time. It wasn't the right, you know, nothing about me being pregnant in 2005 was right. I was mm-hmm. in my last semester of school and um, my I was I was in a vow to God that I had clearly already broken, that I would not lose my virginity um, before marriage. And so now if I'm pregnant, it's going to expose that I lost mm-hmm. my virginity. And so here comes all this shame associated with and I wasn't so much worried about the shame I think I was more so worried about the wrath of my mother you know (laughs) so even if I broke my virginity I don't think she would have you know been half as upset as you broke your virginity and you got married so to this day 
maybe she thinks that that's when the, all that happened. But, you know, we'll, we'll stick with that for right, you, Mama. Right, right. <laughs> but, okay. you know, so when, um, when I had, when I, like, finding out I was pregnant, I'm, the more anxiety came with telling her, you mm-hmm. know. Well, like a mom, you know, she was very upset, like, pretty I would say extreme, but, you know, I know my mom and I knew her expectations. And I was not surprised, you know, not surprised at all. But um, as time went on, the pregnancy was great. You know, I was I was barely sick. Like, I I had a fairly okay pregnancy, you know, for a first-time pregnant person. I didn't know what to expect, but, you know, I see all these stories. I see TV. You know what I'm thinking? Thinking things are fine. In September, I... um, when it's a preterm labor. Didn't know what was going on. I was living in Natchitoches. And I was going to work. And every bump. And the rose and Natchitoches are horrible. Mm-hmm. Every bump <laughs> triggered a Braxton Hicks contraction. I didn't know that's what was going on. But I'm just like, oh. And I'm on my way to work. Oh. So when I walk into work, I worked at a girl's home. And so there were a lot of older ladies that worked with me. And most people who worked there had kids. Including the girls that lived there. So okay. when I walked in, they were looking at me like something is not right, like something isn't good with you. Like go straight to your doctor. I'm like I'm fine. I'm, no, you don't know. Like this is your first rodeo. We've right. been through this right. before. You need to go we to, love the, to doctor. Tell the elders. No, they yeah, right. they're like no, lady. Why do you want me to take you? Right. Like, they didn't take. They made me drive back. They like you gonna. I'm like God. You whooping me? You whooping me in this pregnancy to know. Right. Look, mm-hmm. my time in next time. <laughs> so I mean, like I was in some pain. So I went to my doctor. They monitored me for a few minutes, and then they were like, "Okay, you can go on." And they sent me to the hospital, where I was admitted. Now, by this time, I had graduated. Thank God, I graduated from school. But I was still there just because I wanted my own little family. Like I didn't want to mm-hmm. come back home. You know, I had my little Section Eight apartment. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I had my little boyfriend who was going to do this, that, and the other. You know, but I wanted to keep my little family intact because. You know, I talk about it in the book, like, I think a part of me thought my baby was going to save our relationship. Like, mm-hmm. even though I wasn't one of those, I was not, you know, one that thought a baby would make a man stay. I thought that, you know, this guy having a son was going to grow him up, you know, mm-hmm. was going to mature him more than, you know, save us. And yeah. I thought his maturity then would save our relationship. Yeah. Well... Um, so I went, when I, when they monitored me, they told me like at this time I was 32 weeks, it would be a very critical time to have a baby. So mm-hmm. they wanted to stop the contractions, try to hold my baby. And they were able to successfully do that. And so they put me on bed rest. And so my mom, as a mother, told me, you need to come back home. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I had my line sisters, but everybody still was in school, you yeah. know. So she's like, no, you need to come home because we can help take care of you. They, they're they still in school. And I lived upstairs in an apartment mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. So I came home. And like the hard-headed person I was then, I wanted to go back to Natchitoches just for a baby shower. Mama, mm-hmm. I just want to go for a baby shower. I couldn't drive. I was on bed rest. I was in physical therapy. I mean, I could barely sit for 30 minutes without having pain in my back. And so I arranged it all. Mm. And yeah, I got to Natchitoches and went through my baby shower, my my baby daddy, my boyfriend, whatever he was, he did not show up. (laughs) Mm. So I'm like, God, I'm going to get back to Baton Rouge, you know. And that night, well, the night that I was actually supposed to leave, but I was going to have to leave the next day, I went to the bathroom and I was spotting. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this shouldn't be happening. And of course... You know, most people, like, look at spotting in a pregnancy. At that point of a pregnancy, because at this point, I was 
uh, almost, you're really pregnant like 10 months. So yeah. like I was at that nine month mark and I was like, oh, but something clearly can't be right. Like I wasn't hurting or anything. If I wouldn't have mm-hmm. went to the bathroom, I would have never known anything was going on. But I have a cousin who was just like, oh no, you need to come and you need, you need to get checked by the doctor now. Thing is, my doctor was really in Natchitoches because I this person had had me, you know, up to eight months, mm-hmm. and she's like, "No, you need to come back to Baton Rouge." So, came back to Baton Rouge, and of course, they admitted me that night. And thirty minutes of laying there being monitored, someone walks in, and she's like, "Hey, we're gonna have a baby." I was like, "No, we're not." I'm like, <laughs> I said, "They're just monitoring me. We have about another month," and she's like. Yeah, we are. <laughs> she was like, uh, we've been monitoring him, and he has not moved in 30 minutes. Mm. And so um, they're like, nothing to worry about. We, we think he may be in a sleep cycle, but we want to take him just, you know, to be sure. Now, at that point, I'm starting to think, God, did he move all day? Because he, he was a very active baby, so he moved all the time. Mm-hmm. So, but I could not remember. And I, I find myself 13 years later still trying to remember if my baby moved that day, mm-hmm. you know. And that would be harder if I couldn't remember right then. Mm-hmm. Certainly, yeah. it's hard to try to remember now. I don't beat myself up about it anymore, but I was really trying to figure out, like, God, did Jaden move that day? Like, did he, did he move? Well, anyway, they took him. We did a C-section now. My mama didn't come to the hospital. So we stopped at the house to pick up my medical records. And my mom was like, no, I'm not going. Keisha is hard-headed. She needs to <laughs> learn. And she she doesn't know everything. She always wanted nothing wrong with her. They're going to send her home. She's fine. Nothing going to happen with her her baby. <laughs> so we went to the hospital. I looked at my cousin. I said, call my mama. By the time they prepped me for a C-section, my mama was there. Mm. And she was right at the head she of the bed. She was on two wheels. She was, right. listen, she told me, I think I made it there on wings that night. Yeah. yeah. You know, her and my little sister. So, whenever Jaden did come, they didn't let him cry. And so, my doctor was like, he had had a BM. And he said, before we mm. let him cry, we want to make sure we suction all it out because they didn't want him to inhale it. Mm. So, I'm like, okay. But I didn't get to see him either. Like, you know, you get that chest, that first moment. Mm-hmm. I saw him, like, over on this side of the room, like, they were working on him. And then they were still working, and eventually I went to recovery, and still nothing. Well, when I woke up from recovery hours later, there was a surgeon and a specialist in the room, and they said that, um, basically, their question to me was, do you want to take him off the ventilator? Mm-hmm. Your baby isn't going to survive Whatever, you know, whatever was, it was a whole bunch of gibberish because right. I stopped at, you know, survive. Yeah. Right. Like, survive. Yeah. like, what are you right. talking about? Because clearly y'all in the wrong room, too. Right. Now, the lady earlier, maybe she to. was right. Right. <laughs> you need to go down the hall and find the right mom. Right. That's for a long time I said, God, they switched my baby. I know they switched my baby. Like, they're trying to pull some lifetime stuff on me. Like, right. But um, I remember telling him, and I looked right at him, and I said, God is going to heal my baby. Mm-hmm. Like God is gonna heal him. Don't take him off the ventilator. Mm-hmm. You don't want a problem, mother. <laughs> Do not touch that <laughs> ventilator. Right. And you know, at twenty three, like that's a lot to right. swallow. Yeah. That's a lot to swallow. You know, like because pregnancy brings on emotions. I did not. I don't want to say I had an emotional pregnancy, but that birth part yeah. i think is where god like okay i'm gonna save her the emotions through these nine months because when i deliver Jaden, she gonna have a lot of emotions you know 
I mean, it's like you can't process all this stuff. Like, what do you mean take him up? No, no, clearly go take the wrong baby mm-hmm. that y'all gave right. to somebody else and bring him back in here right. and tell that lady, you know. So um, days went by and he didn't get any better. You know, mm-hmm. I finally had to go to the Nick unit to see him and like, you know, just to see my little baby there. It was just like, this is not a sick baby. Mm-hmm. Like, this baby was so, he was big. He was a normal baby. Like, yeah. my friend, she says, man, um, Jaden has more hair at a few days old than my baby have at eight months. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm like, Jaden has more hair than his mama had at one, you know. Yeah. Like, he was a full big baby. But something in it, and we, we didn't do an um, autopsy because my mom said, you know, send send Jaden back to God the way he sent him to you. And clearly in my mind, I'm thinking it's something with me. Like, what could have been wrong with my baby? Like, it's something that I never really accepted blame for his death. I never struggled with that. Mm-hmm. Like with, it's my fault. I did yeah. something. Thank God. I never really put it on me. But we, you know, I really couldn't process a reason to do an autopsy on a baby so mm-hmm. small. But what they said was something that in his brain, like he basically had an aneurysm mm-hmm. prior to birth. And I don't talk a whole bunch of detail about the birth. So you guys won't listen. You're getting something extra. If you right. Because right. I don't talk a lot about, you know, all that part. But, you know, when um, the end came, it was a decision that I had to make. I sometimes you know, trouble within myself, if it would have been easier to accept if he would have just passed away and I didn't have to make the decision mm-hmm. or that I had to make that choice. And you'll find in the book, I found someone to place blame on. Mm. I found somebody that was completely <laughs> innocent to place, and I never told them until I wrote the book. Mm-hmm. So it took 13 years for me to ever tell this person that I blamed you. And the only reason I told the person was because I knew that I was adding in the book. (laughs) And simply because it was a part of forgiveness. It was a part of having to let something go. Because I should have been mad at his daddy, is what I say. (laughs) But I found a place to put it safe where, you know, I can be mad at this person. They're going to be all right. You know, they're going to love me anyway. You know, Mm -hmm. because that's what we do, right? We hurt the people who who is safe, right? Right. And so... um, you know, so the inspiration behind the inspiration was the loss of my child and then really working through it. It was nine years before mm-hmm. I ever really let it go. Mm-hmm. Before I ever really said, okay, God, I'm ready to be whole. I'm ready to be healed. I'm ready to to let this go. For whatever reason, you birthed Jaden and you took him. I'm ready to see, you know, the it come full circle, you yeah. know, for his glory. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, God could have taken so many things. He could have took me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, if it was something like specific, that was directly attached to me, right? Yeah. And God needed to use something that he knew that would get my attention enough to say, okay, now, he probably didn't know it was going to take nine years. <laughs> he probably did. Right. But he was like, the more the more she fight it, yeah. the more she's going to learn through that process. And man, I'm going to be able to use her for so much. I just wanted to use her for this one little thing, but she's made it, you know, so much bigger. And, you know, I, I often say, you know, God is my story, but it's definitely, definitely your glory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like, you chose me. I don't know why. I don't know why you want a little crybaby, <laughs> but you pick this crybaby guy, you know. 
and truly he's he's wrapped it around for good he's wrapped it around for purpose he's wrapped it around for something that i believe would minister to people even if you didn't have a physical loss like that you know yeah. I, I say you know your story may not be mine yeah. you may have not experienced loss you may have not graduated college that could be your bummer you know yeah. it could be divorce it could be rape it could be you know you did not have a mother your father some type of thing that made you feel like I'm worth a little bit less or I'm not good enough mm -hmm. or I'm not whole enough because for me God you could have just took my heart with you is how I felt, you know, yeah. you could have taken me, like we could have been one of those, neither one of them survived yeah. the birthing process type stories, because why leave me back here, you mm -hmm. know, to go home and next month is Thanksgiving, what am I going to be thankful for, mm -hmm. you know, the next month is going to be Christmas, who baby I'm buying a gift for, then you want to see me in the room with my sisters birth their babies, like God, you could have saved all that for yeah. me, but it exercised he exercises strength through all of now those are there are days that I cry like the little baby that I am. Yeah. But he shows me this strength in me that only he could place there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So Wow. That's, that's, that's man. That's a lot. I will say like God is so clever. Like just the way he is is so yes. far beyond anything that we could think yes. or imagine. Right. Yes. Um to be able to use our deepest pain, you know, for our greatest glory. Yes. And, you know, the Bible tells us that we will go through hard times. Yes. Yeah. It yes. does not say that living a life saying that you have faith in me means that yeah. it'll be peaches and cream. Be, yeah. And I think that's the hard part for us. But yeah. you're like, God, I'm living for you. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, but I believe the beauty in that, and especially in your story, is so much was so much more was birthed out of that moment. Mm -hmm than mm -hmm. you even realize, you know, mm -hmm. and having you in a position where you have to make a tough decision, I think, like you said, just builds onto your strength of the woman you'll have to be to help bring people out of, mm -hmm. you know, the situation you were in. Yeah. Yeah. And Revelations twelve eleven is one of my favorites. And I think a big part of what our podcast stands on is, you know, we were overcome by the mm -hmm. blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's power behind that. that you know, I've been in a lot of spaces where they've been talking about, you know, we keep talking about God without no power. Mm -hmm. But you have so much power now because you mm -hmm. went through it, you know. Mm -hmm. So when it's time for you to help another sister or even a father or whoever yeah. come out of it, it's like it's power behind that. Because, mm -hmm. you you know, you went through it. You did the work. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a yeah. huge, huge, huge testimony. And yeah. So many people I know could relate, like you said, not just with a loss, but just anything that they're going through. Mm -hmm. And I'm more than sure this book is going to just do wonders for people because it, if it can't prevent somebody from walking the same same steps that you mm -hmm. took, but just to pick up and say that I, I do have purpose and I mm -hmm. can move on. Um, as a counselor, how difficult was it for you to sit on the other side? Uh, and I'll say that too because I think like, yeah. being a counselor a lot of times I tell people I think with two minds uh -huh. I was like yes. I have like this irrational part of me and I have this very rational so Kendallin yes. you know that the first step is yes. but then the natural part of me is like no I want to yeah. go kicking and screaming and thank goodness that most of the time 
that rational part wins. I think that's yeah. the beauty of not even just being a counselor, but you know, yeah, or just being a, a person who has a <laughs> rational mind. Yeah, you know, because we want to our natural human self. When we hurt, we we want to react out of that pain. Yeah. You know, we want to react out when I when something hurt, I want to say, "Ouch!" I don't want to just bite down and say, "Oh, that hurt!" But goodness, you know, yeah. and then I have any emotion behind it. And so, what I'm what I've had to learn is that I needed to be rational in my expression of hurt, mm-hmm. because you know, I hear it now way way more than I heard it back then. But I didn't. I shouldn't have cursed my crisis you know i shouldn't just say well god forget it all like you can just take everything else and forget all of this because then you know what else would i have brought on myself during that time now being a christian number one is what really made me survive yeah no doubt being a christian if i did not have the the foundation that i had in christ there is no way I would have came through that. Day three, I didn't say this, but around day two or three, I was down in the Nick unit and that song, I'm not going to sing it because normally I would sing it when I tell this story, but I'm going to sing it. (laughs) But um, that song, It Is Well With My Soul, Mm -hmm. came to my spirit. Mm -hmm. And I just was singing it to my baby. Um, yeah, yeah, we're going to be going home. Mm-hmm. I kept saying, God needs seven days. He mm-hmm. he created the world in seven days. He needs seven days. And it's going to be well because God gave me this song. Mm-hmm. But that well and that peace that I was feeling wasn't about, you know, the recovery of Jaden in that form, mm-hmm. in the physical form. It yeah. is that, Keisha, really, in 13 years, you're going to write a book? That shows that this story is well. You don't know why you're singing that today. You think you're singing it to your little baby that you're going to wrap up and bundle him up and take him on home. But no, you're not. You know, you're going to take so much more home. But he is going to be the source. That he's going to be what triggers all of that. Well, when I immediately afterwards, I did go to counseling. Now, let's not say immediately. I end up going back to school because I needed something to distract me. So I mm-hmm. finished my bachelor's. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to go into something. I think that's around time we actually mm-hmm. meet. And Brandon and I are cousins, right. but we didn't meet me until mm-hmm. college. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I said, I'm going to go back to school and I'm just going to um, do something to distract me. And so I just jumped in a graduate pro- Literally, I jumped in a program because this was December. I decided I'm going to go back to school. January, I was in school. And um, I end up, I was going into school counseling because I said I thought I wanted to work with children. And um, I, you know, during that time, I said, okay, I need to do something else, you know, because I had a degree in psychology. I knew how the mind worked and all that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I want to go to counseling. But my counseling quickly became uh, more about his father mm-hmm. because at after the death of the father, and you'll read about it, but we weren't on the best of terms. Mm-hmm. And I don't write about his processing in the book because it's really not about him. It was really about healing and, and wholeness. But he played a very huge role in it. Mm-hmm. When I went to counseling, it came all about him because he called me. He was like, he wanted to come back. And I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this great guy. He's a fine self. He wants to come back. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, yay, this is just going to be wonderful. He didn't show up one day in the hospital, but he wants to come back now, and I just want him to come back. Mm-hmm. So counseling took a, like, a, a drastic shift turn. Yeah, right. to, like, should I let him come because he wants to come, and I just want him to come, and I don't have a boo, and I'm just alone. And then he comes, you know. Well, so counseling then quickly ended. And it wasn't until 2013, nine years, almost nine years later at that point, I was dating this guy. And he was the nicest guy ever, right? And he was somebody that, you know, it was different. It was a very, like one of my first different, like I lost the type by the time I met him. You know, like I don't, I'm like, God, my type clearly is not the right type. So, (laughs) you know, I lost the type by this time. And this was a great guy. And he was like, you're so mean. I don't, like, he was talking about marrying me. We were looking at rings. We were planning a wedding. Oh. But he was not asking me because he was like, you're so mean. Like, why are you so mean? I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm not mean. Like, I'm not mean. And so it, it eventually became that, like, yeah, this isn't going to work. Because you're mean and, like, you're just rude for no reason. And I don't know exactly what he's talking about, but, you know, we're the planet like, like oh, what is he talking about? Like, really? <laughs> Clearly it's him. Clearly, like, right. sir, you're projecting. Right? <laughs> Whatever you have going on, you're putting it on me. Right. Right. So I went to counseling, and I I knew that I was supposed to be going to counseling. And to this specific lady, um, Barbara Green is my therapist. I'm not ashamed to tell. I say every counselor needs a counselor because mm-hmm. we do. We carry everybody else's stuff with our own stuff. So we need somebody to, you know, unfold that stuff to help us process. So I go to her and I'm so full. Like the lady can't even say, how you doing before I just bust out crying. <laughs> and the first words I said was, look, I'm a counselor. So I know how this works. I said, look, I know I probably could fix myself, but apparently I can't, you know. So I'm like, I know everything you're going to say. I know what we're going to do. I was like, but clearly it's not working for me, so I need something else. I need, you know, something different. And she gave me this journey that I have searched for since, for about the last year, I've looked everywhere for it. She gave me this journey to do, and it was a writing exercise, and it was a very long writing exercise, and she gave me, like, all this explanation, and she told me how people never finish this, right? Mm-hmm. She's like, they never, they never ever finish it, you know, so, but I want you to do it. And as a counselor, when I get an assignment, I respect doing it because mm-hmm. I do the same thing with my clients. Who yeah. never finish stuff, you right. know, but I know the process. And I know that it's healing and there's a purpose in doing it. So she told, you know, she gave me all these instructions and I had to email like, what did you say again? Like, what should I, what specifically should I pray before I start this exercise? And it was a writing exercise that ended up being like 22 pages. Now I searched for that like over the last year, but in particular while I was writing, because I'm like, man. That's half the book right there. Like, I don't have to rewrite any of this. But to this day, I still can't find it. I told God, why should I find it, like, way after the book is out? Mm -hmm. Because it was nothing to do. That was really about me, me, me. Like, all me, not anything. The one thing I could find that is in the book is a letter she had me write to my son. And I was just like, wow. You know, and I was not a very good writer then. So, in the book, that is probably one of the least edited pieces that I had because it was truly what I felt then in my life so I didn't I asked them not to fix this up not to try to go and correct it and make me all grammatically correct and sound because this is what I felt when I was releasing my child back to God well um so in my mind 
I remember asking her, you know, now I'm, I was going to counsel. I wasn't going thinking about Jaden, right? Mm. I'm going because I'm like, she's going to help me get this man. She's going to help me get this <laughs> ring. I'm like, oh, about it's about to happen, God. You, you expose me. Okay, I'm mean. I'm going to deal with it. And then this man is about to. Y'all, that was in 2013. I'm still not married. And I'm okay with that. Right. I'm a, God is still working some things out of me so that I can keep this marriage whenever I get it. Right. Well, um, so I wrote this letter. And I talk about it in the book. She has me. She she has me do this life journey, okay, mm -hmm. which was a end up being twenty two pages, amazing journey. Open up some things that I thought were just memories or things I things I thought I was making up, mm -hmm. but they were actually true. It's just in my subconscious, and you know yeah. how the brain and the mind works. But it brought it forth, and God was able to heal it once I was able to kind of expose it or. Not so much exposure, but admit, okay, this thing really did happen to me. I don't have to pretend like it didn't happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, um, the day that she assigned me to write Jaden this letter, you know, telling him goodbye. When we left session, she said, you know, I told him, just schedule me for two weeks. My norm, like, schedule me for two weeks. Later on, I found out, because when I went to, I just told her two weeks. And I knew it was, would be on a Thursday, right, because that's when I always went. So when I got to my planner later, I wrote it down, and two weeks was Jaden's birthday, his mm. ninth birthday. My God, you're something. You're something. Mm -hmm. Let me call this change. I said, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I wrote it down, like, okay. Now, I prolonged, I procrastinated writing this letter, because I'm like, I don't want to do this. I'm like, I really don't. Like, God, I know this would be a little bit weird. It's nine years later, but just give my baby back. Mm -hmm. Like, we can just pretend, like, you know, wipe everybody's memory clean, and we <laughs> right. can just move on with life. Well... I wrote, I finally wrote this letter and my body went through things, like my mind went through emotions, just, it was, uh, it was an in-body experience, but something that I'm like, God, I don't know how comfortable I am with this. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I just don't know if I'm really doing this because she's making me do this or doing this because I'm ready to do this. Mm -hmm. And it was partially both. You know, I believe that God put me in a position where I wouldn't have a choice. Yeah. Because as a counselor, because I want everybody to do what I say, <laughs> do it. Now I'm like, oh, you got to do this. Or just don't go back to session. Like, you could do that. You can, like, abort this whole process. And you can further along your healing if you want. But the night before, or it was really early in the morning, and crazy enough around the same time that Jaden was born I woke up and I was hurting so badly and then I'll just say that and you can buy the book to read the rest of it yes. but it was yes. a process that morning so I went to session that day and I remember like going through session I talked a little bit about it in the book and then at the end I told her I said do you really think this is gonna work <laughs> and she asked me no she didn't ask me anything she said if you wanted to hmm. I said, okay. Hmm. If you wanted to. to. Right. This is our what we heard at church today. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I'm totally different, but oh, kind of yeah. like along the same lines of yes. just having to want to come out of something. Yeah. 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 We talked about. If I like, wanted to be like, healed. Yeah. yeah. You know, if yeah. I wanted to be whole, if I wanted to forgive, if I wanted yeah. to, like, if you wanted to, Mike, it could be a book. You know, it could mm -hmm. be something else right. because it's really like, do you want to? Her really, she was asking me, "Do you want to be healed? Yeah. You know, yeah. Do you want to not cry and not sulk anymore? Do you not want to be a mean person that runs everything you're connected to?" I mean, like that guy, he said it. You know, he was the closest thing that I had probably ever been to a 
long-term relationship, you know, at that point in my life. Other guys, and I talk about in the book, used to tell me, oh, you sabotage relationships. Like, you do whatever you can. When it gets close or when it gets serious, you do whatever you can to get out of it. And it was not me. It was For me, it was protecting myself mm -hmm. because I had been hurt. I had been deserted before, you know. And all of this stemmed from the loss of my son, so I had not dealt with everything that was connected to it. Mm -hmm. You know, and so whenever the core was able to heal and that yeah. was my loss, then God was able to say, okay, then I can bring some health to these relationships. I can bring some health, you know, to your productivity. I can bring some health to your business because now you let me do the work. And after that, I started my private practice. I started uh, flourishing a little bit more at work. And I have, I've put a little less demand on me to be, you know, this, my defender. You know, mm -hmm. I heard on one of y'all's podcasts, you know, where God, he really does, he he says vengeance is his. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to go out protecting myself from anybody who was going to try to hurt me because he was going to take care of them. Mm -hmm. I'm his daughter. I tell people all the time, I'm his favorite child. Mm -hmm. And you know, the parents don't let anything happen to their favorite mm -hmm. child. Right. So God, if I'm your favorite child, like I can take the stress off of me of protecting me and defending me against everybody because you're going to do that for me. Yeah. Wholeness is so important. Yes. And yes. I love how you pointed out that both your therapy sessions turned into like about a guy. It turned into about external things. Yes. And it's really about us. Like yes. everything that goes on with us in our environment definitely shapes us and affects us. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's about the inside of mm -hmm. us. And that's what we really need to learn mm -hmm. to focus on to heal because mm -hmm. uh, it's only so long that you can blame everything on everybody else they got their own right. stuff to work through right, right. but at the and end I, of the day it's us they're working on their stuff while mm -hmm. we're still i tell people all the time i was still mad some people going on about their lives doing whatever they want to do <laughs> you know i'll see them they look all happy i'm like well god dog it i just came out the room crying you know right so um we you know i so i yeah so while I was focusing on them, God is just like, if you put the light back on you, mm. let me shine it back on some of your dead areas. Right. I can rebirth some things in you. I can really cause you to arise. You can, like I tell people all the time, and this is not being boastful or anything, but they're going to see me one day and they're going to be like, God dog, I hurt the wrong one. Yes, sir, you did. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Yes, sir, But the big lesson to learn is even if they don't, you're still That's good. It. I am. Still and will good. always be. Right. You know, I tell people all the time, it was a part of my process. They, it had to happen. Yes. They had to hurt me, you know. Yeah. Like somebody said, I just wish God wouldn't have took your baby. I said, then you wouldn't be reading that book. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, you wouldn't know me in this in this light. Well, let's know. shout out the book one more time. It's Little Girl Arise. Yes. Where can we find it? So, um, Little Girl Arise, you can look on my website. It's SoarCounselingBR.com. That's Soar, S-O-A-R, CounselingBR.com. Um, if you go to the Purchase and Donations link, it's listed there. It's, other, it's also information under the Upcoming Events tab. Okay. There's also on the African American Literature Book Club is where I've been directing individuals to purchase online. Um, and it's going to link you or route you to Amazon. But um, they are they keep um, 
the keep track of the sales and the number of books that's going out and being purchased. So I asked people to go through the African American Literature Book Club, and that link is on my website as well. Um, you can contact me directly through Tarkisha, T-A-R-K-I-S-H-A, writes, W-R-I-T-E-S at gmail.com, Tarkisha writes at gmail.com to um, inquire about any booking or um, purchases of the book, the Purpose Minder or the workbook. Mm -hmm. um, and I can, because some people like to have their sign and I can, um, you know, get it out to you that way. So Amazon or the... Um, African, Amer African American Literature Book Club website. They're for people who, you know, you just want to purchase the book. You just mm -hmm. want to purchase the products. But if you want it signed with a little note from me, a little encouragement, you can definitely reach out directly to me. Um, my Instagram, where some people contact me, is tarkeisha.arise. So you can reach out there as well. Okay. This conversation has been so good. Mm -hmm. I almost feel like we need to, like, finish it on social media one day. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe we need to work that out. Because I think it's just... It's so much. Healing is such a big thing that I think that we ignore um, wholeness. Yes. So many um, concepts that we need to practice in our life come mm -hmm. out of one moment. And a lot of times we don't realize that. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. That God is just trying to shape us into greatness. Yes. Uh, for greatness. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank yes. you for having me. I, yes. I love it. I, I appreciate <laughs> you guys. I know. I, I'm a talker. Okay. It's no, okay. We are so we really, really <laughs> appreciate it. Thank y'all so much for the opportunity. Yeah, we appreciate you for coming and just being so transparent and open and talking with us and through us with this. We wish you nothing but blessings. Y'all get this book. Yes. Get the paraphernalia. She also has workbooks. And is it uh, a purpose? A purpose reminder purpose minder minder mm -hmm. purpose minder uh that will bless your life uh i've read the book so everything that she was not saying i already knew so <laughs> go wow. get the book it's worth <laughs> yes, it go it is definitely book. worth it all right guys well you all have a fabulous week and until next time remember god is in the details